0: Welcome to the Stiano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Stiano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specialising in breast and body contouring. Mum's boobs look great. Hashtag ask JJ. There we go. That is the sort of thing we want. So, instru- oh, it's working now. Is it Simone? Have I fixed it? I've fixed it. Have I? 212, 212, testing. Is it this microphone? I don't even know if it's that microphone. Um, okay. Is it working, Simone? Thank you. That's why Facebook wasn't happening. Yeah, someone asked a request. I think that was a mistake with it. So, yes, it's working. Okay, sorry about that. There you go technical glitches, I'll have I'll have a word with the technical team in the morning, um, so what, um, in case you missed that Facebook, Danny's mum's boob looked great, so nice one, Danny, thank you for that, um, I think that's probably rated to me in surgery rather than just a general comment, so I, have, I haven't got that many questions, but I'll do what I can with, with what, the, you know, the tools that I have, and I'm not going to moan, I'm not going to grumble about it, I'm just going to get on with it, because that's, you know, that's how I am just get on with it don't make a big fuss about it you know so let's let's without further ado i kick kicking off if you don't mind if you have got a question chip in if not sit back and relax because here's some deuces so, um, do we do face and neck lift good first question that one reasonable question to ask for plastic surgeon slash plastic surgery clinic uh, answer quite simply no we don't um, and I'll tell you for why because I um I specialize in breast and body contouring and that is what I have done when I've been working in the NHS. Um I did uh, breast uh, reconstruction after cancer and I did uh, I often took a piece of the tissue from the tummy which is basically like a tummy tuck. So this is an area that I'm used to operating in and I and I've always operated in. And I personally don't do other stuff being facelifts, neck lifts, Botox, uh, you know, rhinoplasty, nose jobs, things like that. So I I don't do that stuff um, because I stick in my lane. Um, It's actually quite common for plastic surgeons to do a bit of everything and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I talk about that in my book over there on the shelf. You can't see on Instagram. Yeah, I've written a book. OK, um, because, it, it, you know, basically the book talks about choosing a plastic surgeon and um, it talks about choosing a fully trained plastic surgeon, even within fully trained plastic surgeons, there are also subspecialties. So if you have got a particular problem, it is good to see a, a, a surgeon who specializes in that. But for sort of straightforward surgery, like breast reductions, um, tummy tucks and uh, breast augmentations. Arguably not straightforward, but, you know, for non-complex, then uh, it's not uncommon for plastic surgeons to do, you know, faces, tummies, boobs, legs, a bit of everything. But um, I'm not one of them. So I just do boobs and tummies, so uh, breast and body contouring. But uh, face and neck lift ain't on the list, I'm afraid, so I don't do that. Um, The other thing, uh, I, I mean... We might get into it, but I but I need someone. Um, you know, I need to be able to help out because I've got other surgeons working at the clinic, and I need to be able to help out if there's any questions, queries, and things like that. And I, although I did with my training a lot of face and neck work um, because I was doing a lot of head and neck reconstruction after cancer, um, I then went down the breast route, so I was so I haven't done it for some years. So uh, that's another thing that I that I feel that I need to be able to help out so i'm sticking to my lane and that's my lane breast and body um simone has only just come on facebook and she's got four comments on already i mean that's pretty good going admittedly two of them were no sound and well one of them was no sound and two was that's better but the fourth one is after a tummy tuck how long are you bent over slightly for yeah um it varies uh simone and it uh, obviously, you're aware that you are bent over, so a big bit of tissue is removed when you do a tummy tuck. I think I've got a question. Oh, God, here we go. Simone, that's one of my questions. I wonder if that was you. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, um, it varies. And uh, I normally say two weeks. So you come back for your dressing after a week, and then you're probably still a bit bent over your back hurts, et etc. Second week, you'll be feeling better normally after about two weeks, you're starting to straighten up. but it does vary, and paradoxically, it depends on how tight your skin is. So someone who's maybe only had a couple of children who's actually got good quality skin, it will be bent double more because their skin is tighter than someone who has had lots of children or has lost a lot of weight and the skin has really been damaged and stretched. So in those patients who have got a worse tummy, a worse tummy um, beforehand, because the skin has been so stretched and so damaged, it's not quite as tight. So, you know, they will actually walk straighter quicker than the person who's maybe not you know not got much of a tummy so it might sound a bit weird that if you've not got much of a tummy you're actually going to be bent over more than someone who's got a massive great tummy but uh, anyway one of those things in life but um but yeah i'm normally I'm, I'm going with two weeks but as i say it does vary between people and it does vary about about uh, how much skin laxity do you got and how much is removed and it's always a balance with this stuff whether it be a tummy tuck or breast lift or facelift or any sort of contouring surgery, we're closing the skin as tight as we possibly can because we want to give you the best result possible, but we also don't want to have wound breakdown. So you wouldn't be happy if you weren't, you know, it wasn't tight at all and you could just walk around and say, I don't have anything done. Obviously the wounds will heal up brilliantly, but you won't get a good result. So it's always a balance between giving you a good result, but letting those wounds heal. But it is along the side of being quite tight. So it does feel a bit tight. And that actually leads me on to my second question here, which is similar, actually. Recovery time for tummy tuck. Will I be able to get up and about? So uh, specifically with this one, uh, what I want to be specific about here is that will I be able to get up about after two weeks? You know what? You'll be able to get out up and about after two hours. Well, maybe not two hours, but certainly one day, you know, the next day, if you feel up to it that day. Yeah. You know, you need to get up and about straight off the bat. One of the risks of tummy tuck is DVT, which are clots in your legs, which can fly off into your lungs and form a PE. And that's a serious complication. And uh, we take that very seriously and we do lots of things to prevent it. But the best thing you can do to prevent a DVT is to move. So when you're not getting up and about, you need to move your legs and hips and bum and all that, but you need to get up and about as soon as possible. So as I say, if you don't feel up to it the day of the surgery, that's okay, but keep everything moving in the bed, but certainly up and about next day, definitely. So, you know, you're not in bed for two weeks. You're up and about straight off the bat. Now, you are bent over and you are feeling a bit uncomfortable. um, So you're not going to be doing anything crazy, but you will be pottering about. But as I say, yeah, bent over for a couple of weeks would be uh, normal. Liz, Liz K. Liz K, initial and also surname. I'm booking a consult with you once I've got these blooming kids back to school. When's that, Liz? uh you've got we've got a bit of time left haven't we you've got a few weeks left um good on you liz good to see you how long do you stay in hospital for a tummy cut? that's a good question um liz because that has changed it used to be three um it used to be three nights uh so it, well let me put it like this you used to book for three nights back in back in the day um, and because we booked for three nights, a bit like, a bit like breast augmentation used to be overnight stay. And because it was, people were booked in for that and were told they booked in for that, they would stay for that. But you don't need three nights, to be honest with you, Liz. And so I'd say one night. Uh did one yesterday, saw her this morning, right as rain, she's fine, um, drains out and home. So one night is now the norm. One night is the new norm, Liz, for, uh, for Tommy tuck. Um, if you don't feel up to it, if you've got too much in the drains, or there's any issues, you could be longer. So, you know, you, you might need to stay longer than one night. But one night, I would say, is the norm nowadays for a tummy tuck. The problem is, well, not the problem is, but the hospitals sometimes sort of book you in for three nights, so you feel like you've got to stay three nights, which is fine if you want to stay for three nights, but you often don't have to. Um, one night is 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 normal now for tummy tuck. Liz, I thank you for asking a question um not only that she's followed up with another one would you believe it uh liz okay is muscle repair and mons included in a tummy tuck uh, oh good god stuff's gone on on instagram and i've completely not noticed it oh my love hold on a minute what is right sorry i've lost i've lost track of this chat right <laughs> instagram i think i've pressed something so therefore i didn't right I'm going to stick. I'm going to keep it professional, and I'm going to stick with the Facebook question. Then I'm going to see what's going on on Instagram. Kicking off now. This is this is what we need. You know, this is how it goes viral. This is this is what makes or breaks social media influencers like myself. Um, so, muscle repair and mons lift included in a tummy tuck. Muscle repair, yes, Liz, is a, a standard part of it and usually needed. So it's called muscle repair. It's not really repair because the muscle's not sort of, you know, damaged. The muscles are just. Pulled apart a bit, the rectus muscles, you know, your six-pack muscles, uh, they're straight line muscles that go down either side of the belly button, and they're usually a bit, a bit, um, a bit uh, apart, known as diastasis or diverification of the recti. So yes, bringing them together is an integral part of the um, of the tummy tuck. Mons uh, lift, less so, Liz, less so. I normally say I will do what I can to the Mons. Now the Mons is the area where the, where the pubic hair is it's the area so sort essentially of the lower part uh, of the abdomen so uh, if there is excess in the mons it's always good to notice it pre-op because you're limited as to what you can do to the mons when you're doing a tummy tuck you can't really do a significant mons lift at the same time as doing a tummy tuck because it will make your scar drift up so you can do a bit on the mons if you're having liposuction you can do a bit of liposuction you can maybe take some of the heaviness out of the mons but if you've got a, a lot of skin in the mons area it's hard to, to do too much to it and it might be required as a second stage so if you've got a significant uh, if you had significant weight loss which is usually the sort of candidates who require this then you've got a significant stretched skin in the mons area that might need to be addressed as a second stage. And it's important to have that conversation before the first one because you don't want to have your tummy tuck and then look at this MONS and think, what the heck have you done there? So it's important to uh, recognize if it is there pre op because um, some people don't re- recognize it. So, tummy tuck, um, muscle repair, definitely, MONS lift um, limited mons lift can be can be neat can be done and i've got to be honest you liz most people don't need much very rarely need to do a mons lift hardly ever can't remember the last time i did a mons lift you know it's a it's not a common procedure it's for massive weight loss patients um so oh danny's mum here came home today very pleased thanks there you go sue's came home today good that's who that's right i wondered who your mum was good good excellent sue i was very pleased as well i think it's a great result um how often do you have to replace your implants? I had mine by yourself five years ago, so plead with my results. Um, so the answer to that is that if you need to have your implants changed, you will know about it. So that's the first thing to say. Now I would say, I always follow up my patients. So um, I hope I've offered you a yearly follow up. If I haven't, you're more than welcome to come uh, to the clinic every year for a checkup, CA, you're getting on. Now, a lot of people don't do that, but it's fine if you don't do that. And the reason it's fine if you don't do that, so they're not bad people. I just like keeping an eye on, on patients. So um, the reason it's okay if you don't do that is because if you have a problem with your implants, you will know about it. It's unlikely to be something that the doctor will pick up. So you don't have to have follow-ups. You don't have to be examined. If you have a problem, you will know about it. And the problem, probably the most common problem, is capsular contracture, which is the implant going hard. Um, And if that happens, you might want to have it changed. But if that happens, you don't have to have it changed. So I normally say it takes about five or ten years for that to happen. so you know it might not be there yet and uh, it might not be there for another five years or more you know it could be 10 15 years 20 years so um, and as I say you will know about it so you're welcome to come to clinic for a checkup it'd be lovely to see you Um, but if you're asking when do my implants need to be changed you will be the judge of that if you haven't got any problems with the implants they don't need to be changed Um, the other thing is looking out for lumps or swellings which you should look out for anyway because you've got breasts there so you know if you've got a lump or swelling in your breast you need to get it checked out so uh, if you've got an implant in it's always best to get the implant checked first because they always say oh you've got implants in so if you get a lump or swelling or hardening come back and see me if you haven't got a lump or swelling or hardening and they're fine and you're pleased with the results you don't need anything done but as i say i do offer yearly follow-up for everybody so you're welcome to come back if if i'm not if you're not still coming back but um that's the answer they don't need to be changed the implants have got a lifetime warranty but uh, they can start to go hard after about five or ten years but if they're not going hard go with it who cares carry on <clears throat> wellness therapy clinic what is your opinion on manual lymphatic drainage pre-stroke post stop thanks i haven't got a strong opinion about it wellness therapy clinic i haven't got a, a big experience of it um i think at worst it's quite nice um it's it's nice to have massages and and what have you i think it's a nice feeling and at best it might aid healing and it might aid you know the the the, uh, healing of the wounds i don't know uh if there's much evidence for it i don't particularly recommend it to people but if they ask me about it i say yeah great go for it um but it's definitely I, i you know i think it's it's a fine thing to do and um you know it would be if if we had a lot of people talking about it and doing it, then we might sort of incorporate it into the clinic, but uh, we don't have it at the clinic at the moment. Uh, But I think if someone knows someone who offers it, I'm like, yeah, go for it. It might, it might do something to the healing. It might not. But even if it doesn't, if it's a nice feeling and you're feeling like you're, you know, you're getting your tissues moving and everything, then it it might be a good thing. So um, not a strong view on it, but uh, happy to be, um, uh sort of view to change on that and but uh it's not i don't know anyone around who does it or offers it but uh if you do uh wellness therapy clinic and you're a local get in touch dm me <laughs> and we can talk you know send people your way see if it's a good thing to do but uh yeah haven't got haven't got a set pathway for it at the moment uh blooming interior thank you very much i didn't realize I could come back every year i'll definitely book in to come and see you soon for a checkup thank you very much yeah absolutely sorry it's my fault then isn't it that i don't tell you that you can come in every year blimey note to self tell everyone they can come back every year yeah i never discharge anyone blooming interior um so whether or not you come back every year there's always an open appointment so if i haven't seen you for a while just get in touch and i'll see you but if um if if you want a yearly thing yeah we do it we do a yearly thing i like the yearly thing just to keep an eye on people but yeah definitely come and have a look start Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, Stargazer. Uh Liz, I've booked to have MLD, that's a manual lymphatic drainage. Um after my boobs in November. I just like massages. Liz, I think there's something that I'm with you on that. And I, I don't want to sort of um um sort of upset any manual emphatic drainage people who say we're not just massages we're you know medically doing all that sort of stuff so there may be more to it i'm not saying there isn't more to it but even if there isn't more to it it's a it's it's a nice feeling isn't it but um but yeah i don't know a huge amount about it but i'm I'm glad you said it is not me right because i don't want to get in trouble with the mld people but i think it probably is a nice thing to do and maybe there is some evidence to say that it does aid healing Uh, Stargazer, have you ever heard of a bottomed out implant migrating back up because of capsular contracture? I had a bottom out implant with all the classic indicators. Three surgeons also confirmed this, but now, eight months later, it seems to be sitting high and the incision is back on the IMF. Uh, um, Not this specific sequence of events, Stargazer, a bottom out implant migrating up, but I guess thinking about it, it could because a capsular contracture does make the implant sit high. So I guess if you've got an abnormally low implant, a capsular contracture might actually bring it back to a normal position. It's not un, uh, outside the realms of possibility. So often if you have two implants and one of them develops a capsular contracture, it can sit high and it can look a bit odd, the capsular contracture one. So if it was looking odd and low before, I guess there's an, an option for it to sort of sit high and be going back to the normal place. So I've not heard of it. I've not seen it, Stargazer. But um, in principle, in theory, I can see how that might happen. I've got a little one with a question mark here. Oh, what is your opinion on? Oh, there you go. That's wellness therapy. Asked a question through the appropriate channel. I'm not quite sure how that. Thank you. Um, Let me check. Running out of questions here, not going to lie, NGL. Um, But if you have, thanks very much. Thanks for asking the questions, Stargazer, because I am low on questions as soon as I I've got to be honest with you. I've got two more full disclosure so if anyone's got a real question they want to answer then fine but i got two in the bag but that's it as i said earlier i don't i'm sure we have more questions this week but there you go i've got two left in the bag now number one question is this what is gynecomastia oh no sorry why is gynecomastia surgery so expensive bad question now this comes i think from the fact that the problem with gynecomastia surgery and with other surgeries as well, where there's sort of a range. When you book the surgery, you pay for gynecomastia correction headline. So if you've got a very mild gynecomastia, which is sort of basically man boobs, if you've got a very little bit of tissue behind the nipple, or you've got you know, quite extensive gynecomastia, there's quite a range for which the price will be the same. So that's problem number one. You're a bit at a disadvantage if you've got mild gynecomastia because you feel like saying... Oh, you know, I've got a mild one. Can I have a? You know, we don't have different grades for gynecomastia. We've only got grades for, but two grades for gynecomastia, which is basically gynecomastia correction with liposuction and excision. Liposuction and excision. Uh, that's the standard treatment for gynecomastia. And then we've got a skin excision price where you actually remove skin and give a big scar, and that's for significant gynecomastia, which is only rarely performed. So you know, that first category is quite a large group of patients. And I understand how someone who's got a very mild gynecomastia might look at the price of gynecomastia correction and thinking, you are having a laugh, mate, what you're trying to charge me all this money for. Totally understand that. But uh, that is number one. And number two thing is I, I wouldn't say often, but sometimes see patients who say, oh, I just got a bit of, bit of this behind the nipple. Can't you just cut that out? And what they don't realise is, if I just cut out the glandular tissue behind the nipple, I'll leave a dent. It's called a crater deformity. It Doesn't look good at all. And so, when you do a gynaecomastia correction, you have to contour the whole chest, the whole, the whole shebang. And that's where the lipo comes in. So you have to lipo all this area. And lipo is expensive. The equipment's expensive. The lipo's so is expensive. You have to lipo all this area, and then you take out the gland behind the nipple. So. If you just do a little, just take that little button behind the nipple, that little gland behind the nipple, there's a risk that that nipple that might sink in and give you a crater deformity, which is actually quite difficult to correct. So I would contour the whole chest area. So it's often more than you think, even though you think you've just got a little bit behind your nipple, number one. And number two, it co- covers quite a wide spectrum. And so someone with mild gynecomastia might feel aggrieved at the cost. And I can completely understand that. And do you know what? Life is expensive these days, isn't it? I'm finding that. Everything's expensive. Aren't you finding that? Everything's expensive. I don't know how people survive. it's just expensive. Stuff's expensive. Anyway, separate issue, perhaps for another day, that, uh, that discussion. I've got to be honest, Liz is holding up the chat. I mean, Simone did well early on, but Liz is holding up the chat. Well done, Liz. Is muscle repair done that? I've done that. I've got a tummy tuck question how does it work i like my tummy button will it look different after a tt yes it will is it will look different after a tt so you have to be prepared for that i'm assuming we're talking about a full tt here so a mini tummy tuck it, it it still will look different it'll just look pulled down a bit but a full tummy tuck all of the skin from your tummy tuck down to your mons area i don't know if you've got a cesarean scar down to where the cesarean scar is all that skin is removed now, if we did nothing to your tummy tuck and just if you did nothing to the belly button, your belly button would end up down via be a pubic area and it would look odd. So we can't have any of that. So what we do is we cut around the belly button, the belly button then drops in. All of that skin gets removed. The skin from your belly button up to your rib cage then gets pulled down. Your belly button's underneath the skin here. And then we make a little hole in that skin, which was up here and pop your belly button back through again and you get a scar around the belly button i don't know if i've understood i don't know if i explained that all right but um i feel like i need a graphic or something but basically um it is your belly button still but the skin around it will be different will be skin that used to be up here it's really um easy to see if someone's got moles and things in the skin of their upper abdomen those moles all of a sudden become pulled down and sort of end up below their belly button when the mole was above the belly button because that skin gets pulled down. So it is still the same belly button, but the skin around it is is different and and you'll have a scar around it. So if you particularly like, like your belly button, yes, it will be different. Although the actual, you know, again, if you had a mole inside your belly button or something distinctive inside your belly button, that's still your belly button, but the surrounding of the belly button is different. And it is a thing. To make your belly button look good believe it or not liz yeah it is it's a thing this is the thing about plastic surgery we make we make a fuss about all sorts of things there are papers written and i've written one yeah i've written a paper about how to do the stitch. and when i wrote the paper i researched it and there's loads of papers written about how you do the belly button so you know there is a there is an art and there is a process for actually getting the belly button to look right right from the shape of the belly button from the shape of the scarring that you cut out um, from the tissues around it to try and make it sit in a dent within the central abdomen rather than just having a flat belly button you have to try and let the abdomen go in to make it sit within the dent nice superior hood so there is there is something about making a belly button um but yeah it will be different uh as I say, it's still your belly button side, but the, if you like the aesthetic around it, it'll be different. But the, the part of the surgery is to try and recreate a nice aesthetic for the belly button. So that is, Liz has seen some dodgy ones, although yours are pretty amazing. There you go. Well, that's kind of I'm glad you haven't seen some dodgy ones in mine. But it is, it is, yeah, it is a thing, the belly button, and I think you have got to work hard at making the belly button good because it's a very important landmark on the abdomen so you can't skimp on your belly button when you're doing a tummy tuck but um yeah it is a thing to try and make them look good so show so what's going on here hey uh, stargazer can scars from an uplift be worsened after babies will they most likely stretch and look awful afterwards oh, i wouldn't say so stargazer. do you know what scar stargazer that wouldn't be my worry if i have an uplift and i'm having a baby my worry about the breast shape, to be fair, the scars probably won't stretch. Now, I think presumably they're mature scars, I'm presuming. you. I'm presuming you wouldn't have had uplift any time soon before having a baby because you would have deferred it. So I'm presuming they're old scars. I don't know if that's a fair assumption or not. But my main worry, stargazer, if you're going to have a baby and you've had an uplift, is that the skin will get stretched. And that's a bit of a problem because you spent all this money on your uplift and then your breasts might droop again. So I wouldn't worry too much about the scars, but the breasts might droop, and that might be an issue. But let's face it, you've got a baby, so look at the bright side. Um, but the, the, those babies can do things to, you, to your breasts in terms of the shape. So um, that's that's um, that's what I would worry about more if I was having a, um, a baby after a, a breast. Period. Oh, here we go. Look at this. This is all seamlessly running in. Can I breastfeed after a breast reduction? Um uh, I get I get um criticised, to be fair. You wouldn't think it, would you? You wouldn't think they would take pot shots at someone of my calibre, but I do get criticized for, for not for, for, for waffling. I know. <laughs> I would have thought it? And for not giving straight answers. But do you know what? This stuff is not optimistic. It's not always straightforward. So can you breastfeed after breast reduction? Maybe. Maybe. That's it. I can't give you a straight answer. It's not a yes or it's not a no. Number one, you might not be able to breastfeed now. So that's the first thing. Especially if you have no children. So you might not be, you might not know whether you can breastfeed or not. Some people can't breastfeed. But so assuming you can breastfeed now. When you do a breast reduction, you do isolate the nipple on what we call a pedicle. So you have to isolate the nipple and you do the breast reduction around it. And that pedicle covers a blood supply and a nerve supply. And we've got to hope you've got enough blood supply and nerve supply in that to keep the nipple alive because the nipple can die if there's not enough blood supply and to keep enough nerve supply so the sensation is normal because sometimes you can get alteration in that sensation in the nipple. But also to keep enough milk ducts to the nipple so that you'll be able to breastfeed. When we're doing the surgery, we can't see the blood supply, the nerve supply and the milk ducts going to that nipple. We just keep a stalk of tissue and hope it's big enough. You can see the nipple, you can see it's pink, and you just hope it doesn't start going not pink because that means your blood supply is altered. So you'll see pretty quickly whether the blood supply is altered. Um, but you can't see the nerve supply and the, and the, and the milk ducts. Often there's odd, odd sensations afterwards, so the um, nerves get pushed about, but it takes about 6 to 12 months for those nerves to come back to life. So you're not going to know whether you're going to have normal sensation for 6 to 12 months. And in regards to the milk ducts, you're only going to know when you start to rest feed, really. There's no way of testing or or knowing. So it's unpredictable whether you will be able to breastfeed. You may be able to, you may not be able to, it depends on how many ducts are in that stalk of tissue. We help we keep attached when we do it. And what I would say is my main. So the other thing about breastfeeding going back to the last question was, is that if you are thinking of having children, that can affect the size and shape of your breasts. So you're probably better waiting if you are continuing having children. Before having a breast reduction, because it might sort of mess up your breast reduction. And the other, the second point, there's was definitely a second point. Um, size and shape can change if you're having children. Can I breastfeed after a breast reduction? Yeah, wait. I, oh, I've forgotten it. Anyway. So first thing is, anyway, I forgot. <laughs> first thing was, can I wait? Uh, yeah, wait till you have, a, have you finished your children. Anyway, gone. So yeah, unpredictable. That's the answer. Right. That's the that's the last question as well. That's a bummer on the last question. I I choked on the last question. There was there was another point I was going to say. Anyway. If you've got a question, I'm sure I've had more questions this week, but I't put it on the list so I've got, that's all the questions I've got this week. been a nice day, isn't it? Nice weather Barbie weather. I bought one of those chimneys, you know, to start the Barbie when we had the last weather the last sort of heat wave I mean, usually x has rained ever since. Nice weather now. Big clinic tomorrow though. we will be able to do it tomorrow. Maybe at the weekend. What's the forecast of the weekend? Fingers crossed. Um, so, yeah. What was that other part about breast reduction? Breast feed after breast reduction. Oh, here we go. What's, what's going on? Maxine, hi. Hi, Maxine. you got a question, Maxine. Simone, ask me a question if you want, uh, but Simone's coming back next Wednesday. So I will see you next Wednesday. Cannot wait. Big day next Wednesday, Simone. Big day. I'm to fix that morning. So uh, anyway, I'm going to check out because I am a busy guy. I can't just sit here all night. I am a busy guy. Yeah, I've got things to do, TV to watch. So I will see you back next Tuesday night. Simone, you need an early night next Tuesday night. So do I. So we'll have an early night next Tuesday night. Well, I'll do this and then we'll straight to bed. Obviously, you know. Anyway, um, and I will see you 7 o'clock Tuesday. Good luck, everyone, on Thursday with the results, if that's relevant to you and your family. And I will check out of here. Good night. (laughs) Stop the stream. If you have a question not covered in today's show, then send it over to info at using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.